are now tuned into Sports Brock with Air Auntie. You are now tuned in to episode 14, episode 14 of Sports Bra live from Red Bull Art Studio in New York City. I am here with Rimbert Brown. Hola. That's the blackest black man name I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. <laughs> we got beef, though. We are starting with beef. We got to address the beef so we can move forward. Yeah, that's what Martin would have wanted. Listen, you can be on your Martin. I'm going to come with this militant Malcolm. <laughs> Malcolm with the gold teeth. Tell him about the beef. Tell him about that, that, that early 2000s beef. Listen, <clears throat> I came of age in Atlanta. I'm not from Atlanta. You are from Atlanta. Yes, but you had, your, you had some of your formative years in Atlanta. Formative, very formative years. Moved to Atlanta in 95, probably the best year oh my God. ever to be so in Atlanta. You, 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 you moved to Atlanta like in the middle of Freaknik. Yes, <laughs> I did. I mean, and So So Deaf, Billboard. Uh, rest, may it rest in peace. May it rest in peace. Uh, but as, as of like, yeah, early 2000s, I went to a predominantly white private school, Pace Academy. Shouts out to the Knights. Boo! And here comes the hate. And the and the kid over here went to another predominantly white private school. <laughs> your, your school was so your school was so private, you could you couldn't even find it. Yeah, you like we, literally drove past it. We were in the cut a little bit, but we were in the city. We weren't in these uh you know, these outskirts. Outskirts. Uh, yes, there were lots of rumors about my school, like no one wore shoes and you called your teachers by their first names, which is true. You guys learned in, uh, on couches and like your desk were like in the semicircle. Yeah, people were like, yo, so math, is it like you just use like an abacus? I'm like, yo, no, we got calculators. Like, I, I know how to use a TI-83. Like, we did real math. But yeah, I, uh, I had some of my more legendary basketball games. Uh, roll the tape, please. Uh, do we, not have, do we I, not have the tape? I will be... Requesting those for the gram yeah. when this comes out. Did you not queue up the the the, that, au- the audio of my of my highlight reel? Oh my god, <laughs> you are a pi dea python. Boom, pythons. Okay, let me tell you where the beef really started. You guys got voted the coolest school by Teen People magazine. Oh, that was the that was so fire. I was in the hair salon like with my mom. And I remember looking at it, and you know, they had a picture of Billy Campbell in it, and I'm like, oh my god, he's so cute. Ooh, this, this just got very awkward. <laughs> um, I went to high school with the son of the mayor of Atlanta at the time. Um, I still know Billy. Shout out Billy. There was a moment when he was at our school, and then something happened with his father and the law and son... He stole a car, didn't he? Did and, he break into a car or something? That's and, what we used to do at the games. Yeah, that that was real disrespectful. Am I allowed to? I can't curse You can on this. say whatever you want to say. That shit was real disrespectful. Oh, my goodness. You know, here I was, just the hotshot freshman on varsity, you know, just oh. triple-doubling yes. on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just that line on yeah, fire. Double digits, like, waters passed out. <laughs> and I was like, dang, like, it must be hard to be the mayor's son and then pops got a little bit in trouble and then he wasn't there anymore the whole family disappeared that's some 
That, that's a, that's a, that's an old school Atlanta story. That's a really old um, school, very inside Atlanta story. Yeah. But uh, shout out to us both being in Atlanta, surviving that white private school um, life. Shout out. <laughs> were Were you in Jack and Jill? I was not. I got. I was groomed. not either. So that's another thing we have in common. That's like that. that's 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 how we end the beef. Yeah. Because whereas there there is beef, there is nothing that brings black people together like not being in Jack and Jill. They tried to get me. They tried to get me. Took too. me to Alvin Ailey. They tried to get my mom. My mom was like my 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 grandma was like hell no. And then when it happened to me, my mom was like hell no. It's like I can't wait to say no when someone's like hey you gonna bring your kid to Jack and Jill this elite black organization where you can get matched up with your <clears throat> future husband or wife at the age of six. No. Yeah. Thanks for I, no thanks. I, I didn't know what it was. And they invited me to Alvin Ailey and they didn't know <laughs> I was like country as a chicken coop. <laughs> Cause I was born in Alabama. I'm like, what is this? If they, if they would have known that they would, they would be like, mm, no, <laughs> get your country ass out of here. So you, how, first of all, you are a writer of many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was Googling you. And oh, I saw sh- that more specifically, you focus on pop culture and sports. Yes, that the internet told you that. The internet told oh, me that. That's so cool. But I'm curious as to you, being a sports writer, Atlanta native, and Atlanta sports fan, because people always ask me if I'm an Atlanta sports fan, and I say no. Uh-huh. Because I'm like a fan of what? Greg Maddox. Yeah. Shout, out, <laughs> shout out 90s Braves. Shout, like 90s Braves. I just think it's just such a, we got close, like, what, two years ago? The Falcons? <sighs> two years ago. But I mean, tell me about your life as an Atlanta sports fan. Okay, so I grew up, you know, if you grew up in the 90s in Atlanta, you love the Braves because we were, it was the only thing we were good at. And we were, like, going to the World Series every year and losing, you know, which, you know, set the stage for the rest of my life of <laughs> getting very close and losing. But, you know, for me, it's less about the actual sports and more just, like, I'm so Atlanta. Like, I just crave that moment when I can celebrate with everyone in Atlanta about something good that happens. I have a theory which has yet to be de- debunked um, that whatever we did to get the Olympics, which most certainly was a very corrupt deal with the devil, is why all of our teams, like, it's like we're, we have like a 50-year curse. Because if you really think about it, like, why? why did Atlanta get the Olympics? Why did Atlanta do it? Freaknik. They said they know how to party here. Yeah, which is Freaknik <laughs> reason a thousand that we should not have gotten the Olympics. But I'm like, so because we got it, some evil spirit, I'm reading Harry Potter right now for the first time. So I'm like really thinking about evil spirits and dementors, which is a word I just learned. Um, some, some foul shit happened. And because of that, that's why all of our teams are bad. But I keep, you know, sabotaging myself by getting super invested. I, 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 I got invested in the Hawks. When we made a playoff run, I was like, oh, no, no, no. We're definitely going to beat the Cavs and then go on and beat the Warriors. And like these were actual thoughts I had in my head because I'm cr- I, delusional. I get so because all I see is the end of like the light at the end of the tunnel where like there's some fantasy world in which we win. And it's like the greatest party 
of all time. Like, but that's all I see and that's all I want. But as of now, um, it's, it's led to a lot of heartbreak and broken phones and um, just like sad, just like sadness. What's the, what's your biggest Atlanta uh, sports friend, uh, sports friend heartbreak? Uh, I mean, I don't even want to do the, I'm taking the Super Bowl out because that was just like, I mean, well, <laughs> there is an actual dark story. <laughs> I was in Houston where the Super Bowl was. Mm-hmm. I gave up a ticket to go to the game. What? And I flew to Atlanta because I was like, I want to be in Atlanta when we win. And it happens. Which I'm actually glad that I did because just imagining being in Houston surrounded by Pats fans in like a foreign land would have been like really sad. So I, I was like, at least I'll, at least I was around all of my friends sad. Um, my favorite, least favorite story is <clears throat> NFC Championship game, 2013. Um, it was Falcons versus 49ers, the uh, Kaepernick. Shout led. out to Cap. We're going to talk about him. Shout out to Cap. At the time, not shout out to Cap. Um, <laughs> well I did. I, I used to say terrible things about him. Um, anyway, um, it was the same weekend as inauguration. I left our black president's second inauguration, came up on two tickets, took my mom, three tickets, took my mom and my aunt to the Dome to see the Falcons make it to the Super Bowl. Of course, we're up early. Of course, we lose. It was just sad. It was like thousands of people just sad and drunk getting on MARTA. It was like the saddest MARTA, which is our public transportation system that is not. Yeah, it's decent. I mean, it, it, there are trains. Um, I mean, it gets you where you need to go. It gets you, if you need to go due north or south or east, or if you need to go in any cardinal direction, it'll get you there. If you need to go like southwest or northeast, it's not your friend. But that was my saddest moment just because I was like, dang, we actually thought this was going to happen. And I actually left inauguration that's how much i believed in it so yeah that was that's always a added to like it's on the top of my atlanta sad list i think mine was doing the dirty bird in my friend's basement in like 98 or whenever they (laughs) got beat by the broncos (laughs) yo i dirty bird was wild i will say where's jam he's in jail right no jam's free i mean i I think jam tweeted yesterday i think jam's free I follow Jam on Twitter. He follows me back. Wow, you need to get that exclusive. So I, sh- I shout out to him. He he parties in Buckhead a little bit too much. That's still <laughs> still. He's like still going to Ivy. Uh, oh no! But um, I do. I feel like it's all worth it because of those two Mike Vick years. You can tell me anything. I my favorite thing about Mike Vick is that. If you go back, it's very appropriate of the song you were playing when I walked into this studio. Mike Vick is in, uh, he's in the Rubber Band Man video. He is. Wearing a brown coat and a brown do-rag with Usher dancing in front of a, like, cross-burned (laughs) T.I. 
<laughs> it's like something on fire. It's like a 30 foot tall T.I., but because of how a T looks and an I looks, it literally looks like two crosses burning in the background. Yes. And it's just Usher, and they were doing the thing where they were pulling the rubber bands and letting them snap, which hurts, by the way. You can't show it in the video. And, you gotta take that pain. But that's when I was like, oh, like that was the moment. That was the sports music synergy moment where I was like, this is, it may not get better than this ever. Like seeing my my professional quarterback who's on the Madden cover in the TI video with Usher in front of positive burning crosses. This is the best moment peak, of my life. Peak Atlanta. Yeah, this is like 04. You can't tell me anything. In peak 04. Atlanta. 04 through 06. I'm, I'm the happiest human being on earth. But a lot of folk, man, they still be looking like they don't know who I'm so how did you go from uh, averaging a triple-double on the bench to, you know, writing and getting the the lowdown scoops from some of today's uh, most popular athletes? Um, you know, well, I it was a lot of right place, right time stuff. You know, I was once a graduate student for urban planning. <clears throat> At Columbia, and I hated it, and I I loved, I always, like, from college on, I wanted to be a writer, but, you know, when you graduate in the recession, there's not, like, really jobs, you know, shout out to all my 2008 to 2010. Brat, 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 over here, unemployment, over here. You just have, like, a complete, like, we have, like, a completely different perspective on the world. Like, I feel like there should be, like, a subset of millennial that's just, like, recession kids. Because, like, you just... They don't know. They don't know. If you're, if, you're, if you're a couple years older or younger, either direction, you just don't know. You just don't know. Um, what is a job? Yeah. I wish I had one. <laughs> like, oh, I finished at the top of my class? Yeah, I'm about to go work at Starbucks. Of course. Yeah. Like, Tell me about it. Yo, me and my roommate, my boy Ben, we were out here looking for unarmed security, job, <laughs> security guard jobs on Craigslist. <laughs> And top flight security. Yeah, I'm just like, yo, like, you want to mess with me? Uh, you know, like, get this I, flashlight. I literally was like, like, looking for all black outfits that were like short sleeve where I could put my hand under my bicep and push them up. You know, that move. Like, mm-hmm. the um, anyway, I got, I had a look, a little blog that I would write on every day. And sometimes I write about music, sometimes I write about sports, sometimes I write about just like anything. And it got the attention of, some of the editors that worked at a new site at the time, Grantland, it was only three months old. And they had hired a bunch of, you know, very like prestigious, long form, big name writers, but didn't have like any real like young folk that would just be like, yeah, I'll go to a concert every day. Like I'll be at SOBs every night, like at the Beanie Siegel concert. Yeah, I'll do that. You know, like drinking, I'll do, making yeah. my way to the front. <laughs> yeah, just like like they didn't have anyone like that on staff. And luckily they they bet on me being that person, which ended up being true, which, um, you know, basically began a career of writing. I worked there for four, like exactly four years um, until the last day when the, sh- the site got shut down on um, in, uh, like fall 2015. It was Halloween. Spooky. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, so yeah, so but that, you know, being in being in that world, like I wasn't I I still don't because I respect the the profession so much, I still don't consider myself a sports writer. Um there are there are lanes that I think I um 
do really well and enjoy doing. Like, clearly all of my Atlanta stuff, but, like, I also love writing about tennis because I grew up playing tennis on the south side of Atlanta, which is, like, a very uniquely black Atlanta thing, like, playing tennis. Sometimes people are like, oh, you play tennis. That's, like, so bougie. I'm like, oh, no, no. Like, think more like Venus and Serena and Compton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think like there's like a cloud of black and miles hovering over court eight and nine because we're at the bottom of a hill and 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 the boys at the top of the hill would smoke for lunch. And so Chief, so yeah. Chiefing down. Yeah. So um but yeah, and I but I've also like, you know, I I've long been kind of obsessed uh uh with talking to and writing about like the uh, people, especially black folk who are of my similar age, because I feel like there's, you know, there were, there were times, but before y'all were famous, you know, like we have similar uh, reference points. Like we grew up in similar eras. Like we, we think similarly and we remember certain things. And, and so I've always enjoyed, um, being able to like write profiles and sit down and think about, you know, the life of a famous athlete or musician, you know, that was born in the late eighties, you know, like we're going to be able to have a conversation that, you know, 90% of the people who are interviewing you, which are like most li- like typically white folk, like aren't going to be able to like, they're not going to ask you the same questions. They're not going to pull out the same information. There's not going to be, there's pro- there's typically not going to be the same level of comfort. Um, and like you letting your guard down with them as you're going to do with me. So like when those opportunities presented themselves, I always jumped at it because I'm like, I don't, <clears throat> when I've read all these other stuff about them, I feel like I always had questions that went unanswered from these pieces and these interviews. So like when I got a chance to begin doing it, I, you know, very, very much jumped at those opportunities. Yeah. One of my uh, past guests, Elena Bergeron. The queen. Shouts out. Crawfish queen. Crawfish queen. (laughs) You're basically kind of echoing the same thing that she said that, you know, she was able to get into spaces based on like, it's a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, She referenced talking to Dee Brown about Young Jeezy shouting him out, I think, in a song. Yeah. And he said that was the best thing that had happened to him (laughs) that summer. (laughs) Um, So... You mentioned like these cultural kind of references and being able to uh, connect with people. And I was reading your uh, really great piece on going to Maryland to be to uh, KD for KD. Yeah. And so my mom just moved to Maryland. Mm -hmm. So understanding the culture of Maryland and how people say D.C. (laughs) when it's not Maryland or Baltimore is nothing like any other part of D.C. But so I was reading it when you said. It's not D.C. It's not even a suburb of D.C. Uh-uh. Yo. Was that one of your first bigger kind of like uh, projects or stories you were on? So that was actually part of like a... the Promotion for the, Yeah, like that was probably like that piece was part of a package that we were doing that was pretty like I, I would say like what pivoted me towards writing about more serious stuff. The, the summer of 2013, I went on a road trip for four months. It was from, like, I, I I drove, I left New York Memorial Day, and I came back to New York Labor Day. And I was, like, driving around finding stories. And, you know, because everything, everything up to that point had been, you know, like, the life of a blogger. All you do is, like, 
react to what happened yesterday. You're not really like looking at doing a lot sure. of like pure idea generation. <clears throat> um, you know, you 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 were you were doing your hot take like as quickly as possible, and hopefully, it's interesting enough that people read your version other than rather than the other hundred versions about the same thing. So, like, you know, as things happen, you know. I found out that KD was going back home um, and, you know, someone I'm very familiar with DC and I always knew that he was, you know, you know, rep DMV, but, you know, it felt like it was three hours away from, you know, U Street, <laughs> you know, like it was <laughs> like Point Pleasant is not. Is not it's its own world and, and it's in PG County. Yeah, it's ain't nothing it, yeah, close to what I'm thinking. Yeah, even though one street can take you there, you know, it's still it's and it, it it's the type of thing where it's like wow, like you know that not a lot of people leave. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like when a place like a Point Pleasant, a place that not a lot of people get out of is so close to somewhere like DC, it's almost amplified how much of like a trap it can be. It's like New York. Yeah. And it's like, like if it was two hours away, it would make sense why people don't bounce. But like you can you can be in DC in in twenty five minutes probably, but like it still feels like a world away. And it it, it was it was amazing. I mean, you know, it just like watching him and his mom be at like their first house and like watching his mom cry and like all that stuff. It, it, it was just like, it was a lot. And, you know, it was the type of thing where a lot of times there's a lot of, it was one of those things where, you know, there was some brand energy surrounding this thing. Like, you know, there was some Nike stuff involved, blah, blah, blah. And you want to get cynical about it. Like you want to be like, these are photo ops. You want to do this and that to just, you know, kind of undercut it. And I kind of had that. I had a little cynicism going. I was like, is this just going to be a thing where, KD like sh- shows up for ten minutes, takes some photos in front of his first house, and then you yep. know ho- holds up a, a a a KD shoe and then bounces. But it wasn't like that at all. And I was like, the whole know, tour. This is beautiful, you know, like seeing seeing all the spot and like seeing you know, that's the type of thing where you're from that town. Every single kid from that town wants to be Durant. You yeah, know? it's very different than being from a ma- major city. Like when you're from a small place like that, like you are more important than the mayor. You like you, you you were you were like the king, you know? Did you talk to Obama about basketball? I I did not talk to Obama about basketball. If things would have gone the way I thought they were going to go from the beginning, which is that I was supposed to for for a to take a step back. Every time I say this, it feels like it it still doesn't feel real. But I interviewed Obama on Air Force One, which is a plane. Were you wearing Air Force Ones? I thought about it. <laughs> I I also was like, I was so nervous. I you know, you know that that moment when you like use an old duffel bag and right before you put it on TSA, you're like, when was the last time I had the duffel bag? Like, did I, am I? Is there something that, you know, it was, I was like, they're going to throw me off Air Force One. For wearing Air Force One? No, no, I'm going oh. to be like, there's like, somehow like a bag of weed got in my bag, uh, you know, something, yeah. something like that, you know, like out of nowhere. Anyway, um, I, we were originally supposed to sit down one-on-one and I was supposed to have like 
you know, 10, 15 minutes was just like, of course I had some, you know, I had my serious questions, but was definitely going to ask my fun basketball questions. As the week leading up got closer, it went from like 20 minutes to 10 minutes to five minutes to you and four other journalists are going to be in the room together and you all get one question. So like, Mm. You can't really use your one question when there's like, you know, like Charles Blow from New York Times in there. He asked like this 37 part question and it was like brilliant. I can't be like, so like you like LeBron, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you, like you, I, you know, give like, me a top five yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, like top, top, like rank these Kanye albums, you know, <laughs> like you can't. I mean, I mean, you could, but like I was like, I can't I can't do that. Then like go see my mom. Like, my mom's going to be like, boy, like... Slap you in the back of the head. Like, um, his hands were so soft and moisturized. <laughs> I will never forget that. Um, I do remember when I introduced myself and said Grantland, he knew what Grantland was and said, told me to, like, um, tell Bill uh, Simmons, my old boss, hello, which I then told Bill, and I think that was the highlight of his life. That the president remembered him. He said, "Shouts out to Bill." He was like, "He was like, oh, he was like, oh, Bill, like whatever." <laughs> um, but God, I'm like, we need him like right now, like as as America burns. <laughs> Where are you, Barry? Like, Barry if you're, come if, back if you're listening to sports, bro. Please come back. <laughs> Barry, I hope you're listening to sports, bro. Come back. Um, I my fa- one of my favorite things. I always like wondered who was the pickup basketball player. Who like the first person to like block him in a pickup game, and like if that person still lives, like someone He's who, like yes, get him out of here, yeah, like, get him out of here, like get him off Earth, like not no, don't get him off the, the premises, like get him out get of him living, out of here. yeah, get him out of breath, like permanent breath, like he's dead. Um, Barry's like. They would always, he would always be doing this running floater, and there's a all, lot of photos of him with that. So many floaters, but there would always be like one person like next to him that like had their arms down and i'm like yo like i know like you can't play d like like it was like my um my boy warren had a bachelor i mean had a got married and the the morning of the wedding he had like this pickup game and warren warren's like pretty good at basketball but like no one's trying to like you know <laughs> like hurt the groom or hurt his confidence so Warren had like 58 points in his pickup game because everyone just like let him go to the lane. Damn, boy, you on fire. I was like, I was literally, I was like, damn, this is like Obama right now. This is like, you got the Obama privilege right now. Like, I'm definitely going to have a pickup game before my wedding. And I'm going to just go off. I'm going to have a quadruple double. Get that extra boost you need. Yeah, I'm just like, "Mm, yeah, I'm getting married. Um, So, yeah. I saw you recently on a pan. Oh no, it was a discussion. It wasn't a panel. Uh, a discussion between you and I don't remember the other guy's name uh, about activism in sports. What was that guy's name? Dave Zirin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was there in, in Bush. I mean, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 Um, oh yeah, that was good. That that was fun. I like that. It was. It was. I wanted a little more. I wanted it to be longer. I did too. I didn't feel like we went as deep as you could. It was like it was like we were like tr- trying to cover too much ground, and mm-hmm. we didn't get to like get deep enough into one thing because we were like, let's talk about this and this and this and this. All and these then. little these things. Yeah. Um, and you interviewed Kaepernick. I did. I wrote about. I I got. I talked to the only person I didn't interview was him. Ah, you got. I, close. I spent like five months trying to talk to him, but it became clear a couple months in that. 
It wasn't happening. You know, at the time, he wasn't talking to anyone. So I didn't take it personally. I mean, eventually, I didn't take it personally. I was like, bro, like. (laughs) Come on, bro. Look at me. Come on now. We just Um, down for the cause. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I talked to, like, lots of people in his life. Mm -hmm. Went to his hometown. Which was wild. Like, there, to, like, he he's from this small town in, like, you know, middle of nowhere, northern California, Turlock, real white town, you know, a town that he, you know, <clears throat> a couple years ago was given, like, the key to the city, you know, like, had his jersey up in every single bar, um, you know, there were, like, dishes, like, food, sandwiches, cookies, stuff named after him. Which is the it's real all, fire. Yeah, it's all gone. It's like, it's crazy. Like, like it. you go to the town, like, the town is known for one one person and you go now you know if you would have gone two and a half years ago you probably wouldn't have been able to go into one place without having something hit you in the face about Kaepernick now with like they've almost like scrubbed his existence from the town which like begins to you know highlight how deep and dark the shit is you know because it's like yo like it's really that deep for y'all that y'all are so Y'all are so offended by this action. It's like, oh, y'all didn't really love him. Because if you loved him. Yeah. Like, now, out of nowhere, like, y'all, you know, y'all probably, like, out here introducing yourself as, like, oh, I'm from Turlock, where Kaepernick's from, to being, like, blaming him for, like, losing the Super Bowl now. I'm like... (laughs) It's a thin line between love and hate. It's wild. So, yeah, it was, you know, I mean, there was lots of amazing stuff that went into that piece and it was you know very hard to write and everything but like actually you know it's one thing to read about a place that someone's from but like to actually just kind of like drop in for two days and really you know overhear some conversations and you know I mean my my whole one of my whole um you know things I believe in like when I go to a new town I'm trying to like you know, just kind of experience it. The first place I go is a bar and just, like, start talking to a bartender. You know, like, that's that's the eyes and the ears of, of a small town, especially. And, you know, I wasn't like, hey, I'm writing a story. I was just like, yo, so, you know, is this place, like, you know, like, there's this, he had his jersey in the frame, and I, I saw, like, I found on Google, like, an old picture in the, uh, the, his jersey was framed. It used to be like dead center over the bar. And now it was like in the back left behind, <clears throat> behind like a, a video, like an arcade machine. And I was like, has it always been there? And then, you know, hearing him, you know, kind of be like, you know, no, it used to be over here, but blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dang, y'all are. What's that like for you? I'm curious <clears throat> because you're a black man, you're from the South. So you have your own experience of what it's like to be a black man in America. But I think as a journalist, you take your experience with you on and you kind of dive deep into somebody else's. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's I think like it never gets it even even if I'm I'm used to it more like it never gets easier, like walking into like an old all white town. People never stop looking at you, you know, like that, like even if you're used to it more and like, you know, 
you kind of prep yourself for it and, you know, you kind of do that whole mental gymnastics of like, some of these looks are rude. Some of these looks are just because like they haven't, they haven't just like seen a black person probably in a while, you know, like, so, you know, you kind of go back and forth about how to take these stares and looks and everything like that. It's that that's always been my thing about, you know, comparing my experience as a, as a person and a journalist to, you know, any white colleagues I have, like, like more often than not when I'm like, you know, there's like, you know, there's, there's like eight black cities and the rest of the country's white, you know? So like more often than not, you're going somewhere where, you are one of you you are one of the few non-white people there and so you're already having to deal with your own stuff having to also deal with someone else's story it just it it's it's hard to it's become so normal to me like i i cuz i've had to do it so many times it's um i i know how to do it but it's still um there's still a level of discomfort where you, you know, you begin to think about the privilege of other journalists. Like, oh, you can just go anywhere and blend in. It's like, I don't, most of the things I've done, I don't blend in. I like stick out initially and then have to figure out how to, you know, blend in and not, you know, trigger too many alarms, um, which has always been, <clears throat> I mean, it's something I've like figured out how to be good at, but yeah, I'm just, it's it's still it's still it's one of those things where like this doesn't seem fair, but like what is fair at this point, you know? And how has the energy? I think how has the energy changed? I guess with the with all the protests, the the uh, the kneeling and the energy surrounding. I guess with your writing about sports online, and I guess me the interactions you have with other journalists in person. Um, do you find it more tense that maybe you, uh, you have your feelings and you have your convictions and your, your experiences and they are, you know, white men. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like, to, to be honest, like, I think we, we live in a moment now where you don't, because everyone be like, if there's one thing the internet has done, it's made it like, everyone just kind of i feel like everyone just says what's on their mind you know so like i we, we don't live in that world right now where like being outspoken is going to like you know necessarily get you like fired or blackballed or you know one of those things like whereas i think you know like when i when i worked at grantland which was like espn like there were very strict social media guidelines because like it was supposed to be very church and state your opinions and your reporting and you know I know they still try to uphold that, but like they can't. Like it's just, it, it would it would be so obvious if you had a whole network of people who weren't talking about politics, yeah. because that's that whole like stick to sports thing. Like that's the thing that gets said when it's convenient, but they'll flip the script and start talking about politics when they don't like happening. You know, like that type of thing. So I I found it to be, you know, an easier environment. Um, but it's also, you know, the thing with sports is sports brings out some of like the worst, you know, trolls and just, you know, the, the diehard sports fan is often like the worst person, 
You know, like, <laughs> like, so, like, like, there's like a real big overlap of Venn diagram of like diehard sports fan and terrible human. You know, like, because all you, it's just that 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 that's too much invested in that crazy. You know, like, you know, like sports fans and like Star Wars fans. You know, <laughs> like or like comic book fans. You know, it's just like you're so you're so tied up in this thing that isn't even really yours it's just like you've decided to become a fan of it everything else is like doesn't matter you just lose your mind yeah so yeah. i went to university of alabama for one year mm -hmm. and i went to a football game alabama versus georgia in athens and Oof. i've never been more terrified Oof. in my life yo, yo. <laughs> i've never been more terrified in my life as a black person um because it was like legit, like toothless people with like Georgia tattooed, and you know they didn't fucking go to Georgia. Like this huge G. Dog, woo, dogs. Yeah, I'm like, bruh. Yeah. Spelled dogs. Yeah, D A W G. Ugga, ugga. Oh. Um. So yeah. Athens was always so like. I loved Georgia growing up, but I I started liking it less when I got to an age where I could go to Athens because I was like I don't. You know, I don't feel safe here. I was like, I feel like I'm a, like, if the race war starts, I'm going to turn around and all my people are going to be gone. gone. And I'm just going to be like in the middle of downtown Athens, like fighting for my like yeah. It's like the, the Georgianess plus the alcohol is like, plus the fandom. I'm like, please say they don't lose because some deadly gonna, combination. Uh, <sighs> That's yeah. why I went to University of Alabama for one year. <laughs> yeah, like one year. <laughs> Note one year. <laughs> one year. Oh, fun fact: Burn no Bernie Madoff and I both went to University of Alabama for one year, and then Madoff and went then, to Bama and then graduated from Hofstra University. Shut up! The Madoff plan. The L Madoff plan. The L Madoff plan. Wait, this is a Ponzi scheme. This is not a show. How the hell did Bernie end up in Alabama? You probably because you can literally write your name on paper and they're like you're accepted. Like <laughs> I didn't, even, I hadn't even sent my full application and I got my acceptance letter. Wait, is Bama? Is that Oxford? Uh, that is that's Mississippi. Oh yeah, that's Bama's oh, Tuscaloosa. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's 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 Tuscaloosa. That's, yeah. So I'm like I'm a very I'm a very interesting sports fan because. I'm not, I feel like because of where I worked, people are like, oh, you still are up on every single thing that happens in sports. And like, I'm not. But people Definitely. like sometimes are very confused. So like in the draft when the Hawks had the third pick, which I was very excited about because I was like, this could be the start of a new thing because this is what I do. Whenever something possibly good happens and we traded, we, we drafted Luca, um, who's, you know, um, this European player who I was just like, yo, he looks kind of swaggy. <laughs> I like, I like, I like the optics of a swaggy European dude in Atlanta. He's gonna like be at, he's gonna be at the club. I like this. Like the Porzingis of yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I was like, I want my own Porzingis. You know, it's like a Pokemon. It's like I want to collect my Porzingis. And then we traded him for this dude named Trey Young, who looks like uh, a B two K member, and I was <laughs> devastated. Well, Quavo said, "Welcome, Ice Trey." <laughs> Ice straight again. Ice, ice. Um, so I was um, initially upset because he looked like a debarge. And I was like, he can't. There's no way he, this is going to work. But then 
I'm now on Team Trey Young. Okay. Um, because he's just out here on Twitter, be like, "Yo, LeBron, like, come join the team." And I'm like, "That's ridiculous." Come to I Atlanta. Love. Yeah, he's like, like Trey Young's like on Twitter, like acting like, like he's like Suge Knight. He's like, "Yo, like, you, you sick of people dancing in the video?" I was like, "Come to, come sick to the of, Atlanta Hawks." Sick of J.R. Smith shirtless. Yeah, yeah. Come to the Hawks. Um, I, I'm still Trey Young was the one who was wearing. The uh, the short set the short set, which I want to like because in my head I can pull it off, but I know in my heart of hearts that I can't, and neither did he. Nobody. I mean, I think Pharrell is the only person that can do that. Yeah, and I think that's where it came from. People keep trying to do what Pharrell does, and he can only do it. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I, I. I admire his um, his spunk, you know, um, him wearing that. He's also, like, not a I, – I think he's, like, listed as, like, 5'11", so which means he's probably 5'6". So, like – He's very f- small. He looked like a jockey. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was at the Belmont. He's a small guy. You know? He's like a Steph Cur- – that's why I think he's going to be Steph, right? Yeah, that's like, why I, I mean, yeah, because he, he, like, pulls up and shoots, like, 40-foot threes. You know, I'm a – I'm a ride for him, you know. Like I got off my 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 mean opinions about him initially, and now that he's here, I'm like I. You are now fan. You can't pick your family. You can't pick your Hawks players. I can't. I never have. So I'm like, you're now my family. Welcome, Ice Tray. Also, shout out to the NBA. I was just on the the Pride float. Yes. How was that? It was so fun. I mean, I've I've been to like seven Pride parades, but I've never actually been on the float. I don't. I, you know. Um, which was like an honor, and it was just uh, the best part was um, referee Bill Bill Kennedy, who um, black ref has been like in the league for twenty years, who like kind of famously semi came out because Rondo said some wild slur shit about him. Oh wow! Um, I didn't know that was the that was him, and like pretty soon after he came out. My man was like, and so he's, you know, that, that was early 2016. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, he's still only a couple years out. And he's just like, he was acting as if he was like the grand marshal of the parade. Like he like, everyone was, you know, had their flags and everyone was like throwing towels. He like had one, le- le- he had like one Captain Morgan leg up on the side and was just waving at people like he was a queen of England and was like pointing at people and just like blowing. I was like, this is the fact that he is 10 feet away from the commissioner of the NBA and multiple NBA players and some like legends from the WNBA. And he is just like out here. Like, this is, this is my, this is my parade. I was like, this is, he reclaimed his time. He reclaimed his time. This is why the NBA is so much better than everyone else. You were up there with Teaspoon, too, right? Teaspoon is so cool. Oh, my God. Like, she, like, she gave me every, every, like, cool auntie vibe. It was, like, very, like, Teaspoon and Lisa Borders, who used to be Atlanta City Council president, now is the president of WNBA. They were just, like, two-stepping, like, they were always, like, one minute away from doing the wobble on the float. (laughs) Uh, teaspoon was cool as hell. I was like, like, I literally left being like, I would like to hang out with her, like, at like an old person turn up in Harlem, 
or like at Lover's Rock in Brooklyn or somewhere. I'm like, she might be there. You know she got bitches everywhere. Oh my God. Oh yeah, she looks incredible. She looks incredible. There's so, nothing yeah. better than like a a gay auntie. Oh. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> Oh my God. Remember, thank you so much. Oh, this is the best. Thank this is you the so best. Much. Thank you for having me. Of course. Was it episode 14? Episode 14. That's big. It's big. Big things. Thank you for taking flight with me, Air Auntie, on this episode of Sports Bra. Until next time. We're going to do this thing. Yeah. Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> New bird on the uh, It's just the beginning. It's not over. Right. Right. We'll get out to a better start. Like this. Like this. Like this. Check, what you gonna check, do? Check, what you check, gonna check. do? Baby, don't you wanna come fly with me? Got a brand new dance you can try with me. And all you gotta do is spread your wings on the dance floor or at the game. Yeah, that's it. Now bend your knees like Chris Chandler when he throw TDs. Gonna make you dance, make you shout. Doing the dirty bird that was all about. Get up one time for them George boys. Coming up out of Atlanta, making lots of noise. Way back in the days, we abandoned them. That's before we got Jamal Anderson. No, we don't stop at all. I'm quick to reach the Super Bowl and I'm winning. So gone on out. And spread the word Still do the dance Called a dirty bird What? Come on, let's dirty bird Everybody, dirty bird Still doing that dirty bird Don't stop that dirty bird Still with that dirty bird Still with that dirty bird Everybody, dirty bird